T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse right here on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel along with Bruce Levine. And we bring in a very special guest on his way to the winter meetings from the East Coast. A good friend of ours, uh, does a great job on MLB Network. And you know what, Matt? I've been trying to get him back to Chicago for the last 10 years now. And he just uh, keeps just doing a better job there. They just won't let him go. Our good friend Dan Plesek joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Danny. Hi, Bruce. Yeah, you know what? It's been a while. You know what's funny? It's we just taped the show the other day at the network. 10-year anniversary show. It seems like yesterday I was doing the Cubs pre- and post-game shows. I miss those days. Uh, there's a part of the Midwest that is never going to leave me, and you just never know what's going to happen down the line. But I've got a good thing right now, and as you touched on getting ready for the winter meetings, I'm getting ready to catch a flight right now. I'm at Newark Liberty Airport on my way to Vegas where all the fun and games are going to start. Uh, I'll be on the air tomorrow, 8 a.m., 7 p.m. Central Time on MLB Network. Guy's always working, isn't he, Matt? He's yes. always working. Danny, uh, when you look at the Chicago Cubs and White Sox, you know, we, we get the strong impression here that uh, the White Sox have already met with uh, Harper and his agent, Scott Boros. They met on November 19th. Uh, Obviously, everybody thinks the White Sox are a long shot. The Cubs are playing coy with the idea of payroll, flexibility. Do they have it, don't they? What, what's your gut on a free agent of the um, enormous talents and uh, probably aspirations of Harper coming to a midsize market like the Chicago White Sox in a big city? I think he'd be open to it. I, I look at it this way. If, if what we're hearing is correct, Bruce, the owner yesterday came out of the Nationals and said, listen, they made an offer 10 years, $300 million. That was as far as they could go. And I think in the back of Scott Boris, in the back of Stanton's mind, and in the back of Harper's mind, he's thinking about breaking that deal that Giancarlo Stanton, over $325 million. Somebody's going to pay him. I know the Phillies, that they've made a couple of moves. They brought in Gene Skur. They've made a couple of trades, some acquisitions. I know they want to spend money. I think that, that if you look at what Harper would bring, he brings a need, really, what the Cubs could use. I, and I get it. You'd have an abundance of some outfielders. It would be a good problem to have. You could more than likely make a trade. He, he's a Whether you're really buying all in on the guy or not, but the guy is this, Bruce. He has been the face of the franchise of the Nationals. He's kind of been the younger spokesperson for the game of baseball with, you know, from his hair to his beard. And it's what the younger generation of people like. And he brings an instant brand. And that, that does mean something. It's a following. If you're looking for a fan base for TV ratings, you know, what comes with him sometimes, there's a little inconsistency. He can, you know, hit eight, 10 home runs in a two, three week span. And then 
you know, you might not get much from him for a week, 10 days. But when you put it all said and done, he's a remarkable player. He and Machado both. I think the Cubs are going to be in on Harper. I really do. I'm not sure that he's going to get that 10-year, $350, $360 million deal that he's looking for. But I think if they cut the years down, I could see him well over $30 million a year. And I think if that's the case, I would have to think that the Cubs – would have to be one of the ones that would be in on Bryce Harper. You know, it's interesting because this whole town is trying not to believe that the Cubs have budgetary constraints. They don't want to believe it. And a lot of it is really just based on this idea that Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer, well, they must have something up their sleeve. It sounds like you as well, Danny, don't, don't, don't really buy into the idea that they are massively restricted. You expect them to be a player uh, by the end of Bryce Harper negotiations. I do. And, and I think if there's a chance and there's a will, and, and if Theo thinks somehow reasonably he could get a deal done, whether that would mean a long-term deal with some opt-out clauses, but a rare talent, a guy like Harper, doesn't come around very often. With that said, then what do you move? Do you try to move a Chris Bryant? Do you try to move a Kyle Schwarber? Do you try to move El Moro? Those are good problems to have. But listen, don't feel sorry for the Cubs. They're a major market team. They're doing well. They're just one of the things that I marvel about. You don't hear much from Cub fans anymore. They're all in. And I think you go back to the trade deadline when they acquired a Rollis Chapman. Uh, this is a team that they're in. They are. They have put the poker chips in the middle of the table. They still have a lot of strength. They still have a lot of good young players in the minor league system. It's not as deep as it was three or four years ago, but the Cubs are in a pretty good spot. They have players. They have cash. They have a shot to get Harper. That's the voice of Dan Plesek of MLB Network. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're with you every week. 9 to 11, a little shortened today until 10.45. But nonetheless, we're here for you all winter long talking baseball, the hot stove these days. And when you look at uh, Major League Baseball right now, Danny, I mean, you live it there. You're on the East Coast most of the time, uh, you know, doing your shows. Um, Watching American League Baseball last year to me was very depressing because of the fact that there was only – six viable teams, and we could pick the playoff teams um, except for maybe the last two uh, by June last year. How do, you, how do you look at it as a former player, a guy that played 18 years, a serious 18 years, and now connected it through uh, baseball by the MLB network that you've worked for for the last 10 years? How do, how do you look at, at this objectively and, and say, is this a good enough product for people out there? I'm with you, Bruce, and I'm going to tell you what. There are a lot of people that think right now, just the, the Indians are supposedly, they're, they're, they're having feelers of what's out there, right? They already moved Jan Gomes. They're talking about maybe possibly Corey Kluber or Trevor Bauer being on the go. Think about this. They could more than likely trade Kluber, a perennial Cy Young candidate, and they're still going to be the heavy favorite to win the AL Central. White Sox are in a rebuild. The Twins are in a rebuild. I mean, you take a look up and down, Tigers total rebound, rebuild. I mean, you look at that AL Central, the Indians won 91 games last year, Bruce, and that division was over mid-August. Mid-August, it was over with. We had more 90-loss teams in the game of baseball. You know what I don't like? This whole tanking thing. Like, teams are, just, are, are kind of making a decision before the season starts. Like, okay, we're in or we're out, and if we're out, we're going to tear this thing and we're going to build it up. I'm going to be curious to see in the next four or five years you better have Springer, Altuve, 
Correa. You better have Chris Bryant. You better have Anthony Rizzo. You better have Anthony Russell, Addison Russell. You better have really good players because this idea of this teardown thing, if you're going to be bad, be really bad, and just retool and rebuild the whole thing, I get that. But if you, if you get the right players, it works. But I'm going to be curious to see how many. There's about a half a dozen teams right now that going into next season, I don't know how you could say to your fan base that you're trying to put a good product, yeah. a winning product, onto the field. And that's one of the things I give the Cubs credit for. The White Sox don't like that. I think that's why you're hearing them in the Machado, maybe in the Harbor. They're trying to do some things to speed up the process. And that's what I give the St. Louis Cardinals a lot of credit for. They went on a limb. They make the trade for Paul Goldschmidt, one-year deal. They give up two young players. The Cardinals don't sit back. I think you've got, if you really have a fan base that is really buying your product, that, that you look at the St. Louis Cardinals, you look at the Cubs, you look at those teams, they're trying every year. And it's a hard sell on the corner of Clark and Addison if you start moving guys out and say, okay, we're going to be on this five-year rebuild. You know what? The ticket prices are high. It's expensive to go to a game just about anywhere. And, and I applaud what the Cubs do, I applaud what the Cardinals are doing because they're trying to fix it on the run. They're not tearing it down. And, and I just, it just last year, there were so many really bad teams that you got into the month of August. There were like seven or eight teams that it, they weren't even fun to watch. So if they're not fun for you and I and Matt to watch, could you imagine if you watch them, if that, that's your favorite team every day? Yeah, there's not enough great young players to formulate a core for every one of these tanking franchises. I understand what you're saying there. Uh, but, you know, the Cubs were one of the examples of, of doing it right, where they stunk for three years. And all of a sudden the switch got flipped. And maybe it's unrealistic for these other organizations to think they can do it like the Cubs did or like the Astros did. Um, but here are the White Sox going into year three of kind of intentionally losing or not prioritizing winning on the major league level. And now I think they're starting to really, truly consider and flat out go for the big names, whether it's Harper or some of these other free agents. Do you think they're appetizing? Uh, Dan, do you think do you think some of these free agents will look at that division, that awful division that you just mapped out and say, you know what, the White Sox have been getting ready and maybe it's one year that's a little bit down, but I'm going to get in on the good side. How appetizing are the White Sox? Listen, if you have a big enough, you'll write a big enough check, Bryce Harper, there are a lot of things that he could like about turning in right, right at 30 in Shields Avenue, right? There's, there are a lot of things that would make it appealing to play in the south side of Chicago, and it starts with money. If you pay a guy, you get his attention. Now, may they have to overpay to get a guy like Bryce Harper? Sure. But you take a look at it, and it's great, Matt, you brought this up with the White Sox. Two years ago, when the winter meetings were in D.C., they were the talk of everything, right? They acquired Juco Giolito. They acquired Kopech. They make all these moves. They get Jan Moncada. And everybody couldn't wait. And 2018 was supposed to be the year that they were going to start to see them get appreciably better. Some people thought at the beginning of this past season that they had an outside shot at a wild card spot. It just goes to show you. Kopech, Tommy John surgery, Giolito hasn't been what they thought he was going to be, right? Moncada hasn't been what they thought he was going to be. You can have all these great plans. You can have all these things. And, and that's why sometimes you get hung up and, and with your favorite team. Teams hang on to these young minor league players, these prospects, and, and they're like gold. But in all reality, Bruce, you've been around this game longer than I have. For every prospect that's can't miss that makes it, that turns out to be Chipper Jones, to be a John Smoltz, to be a Greg Maddox, there are boatloads and boatloads and boatloads of guys 
that have come and they go, and they're not even around long enough for you to get to know who the guys are. Danny, uh, is it possible that no matter who signs Harper or Machado, and both of them will get eight to 12-year deals without any question, that there's going to be some remorse involved? I mean, how many 10-year deals do do you know that have worked out? Albeit that these guys are 26 years old and, 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 you know, it's – you know, it's the gravy time for them. But neither one, you know, every scout I've talked to, every baseball person i talked to, Dan, has said neither one of these guys are leaders. Uh, neither have been a team uh, player favorites wherever they went. Um, you know, is, it, is this some – Is it, are we just shining the sun on, on two guys and ignoring some of these other things? No, no. You know what the problem is? The industry in general, Bruce, that, that's the issue. I think if you look across baseball right now, you can metrically look at a player and you could talk about ex-woba and fielding percentage and balls that they shouldn't got to, swing factors, launch angles, all these things that make you sound really smart. And then you get this player that you think, oh, you're all these great things. And, and, I, and I, I, I'm going to tell you this, and there's something to be said about a camaraderie. There's something to be said about a guy that's a leader. There's something to be said about that clubhouse that bonds together, that pulls together. I don't know. I don't know how you can evaluate that. I don't know how you put a value on it, but I do know this. Uh, You take a look at that Cub team last year in the last couple of seasons. They look like after they win the World Series, you know, they needed a shot in the arm. They acquired Quintana. Another thing that shows you that Theo and Jed, they're not just laying down. And the Ricketts family, they push the chips in. They make the trade to go get Quintana. I think you got to be real careful in this day and age because you look at numbers and you look at a player and you tell me, what can this player do? These are the metrics that say that this guy is a really good player. Then you get that player and you find out he's not a good base runner. He misses the cutoff man. And all of a sudden, all these little things that you think you're getting this great player because, one, he fits the age bracket, he fits the player profile, he fits the metrics profile. You know what's sad? Is we're losing, in fact, in baseball right now, a guy that hits 300, you know, you're like, well, who cares? You're batting average. No, it does matter, Bruce. You know, you know what I tell people all the time? You, you want to know who the real guys are on your favorite team. If every fan could get a chance to go sit in a dugout, in a cup dugout, or that's your favorite team or a White Sox dugout, and watch five days, you guys know you're there in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. You're there every day, Bruce. You know who the real guys are, the guys that show up, that when the going gets tough, they stick their neck out, they bow their neck. And you know who the guys that just kind of fake their way through it? You can't fake your way through 162 games. And I don't know what the solution is. It's a different way that we look at players now today. I don't know if it's better, but it's just the way it is, Bruce. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. But eventually we're going to get back to a little bit more uh, baseball and not as much metrics. Uh, last thing for you here, Danny, for me anyway. Uh, do you think baseball is going to try and legislate more action into the game, be it by reducing the shifts, by reducing the number of pitching changes that are allowed out of the bullpen? Do you think MLB itself is going to try and change the product since so many front offices are, uh, are managing in a very efficient way that isn't necessarily the most compelling way? I think so, Matt. I think the biggest complaint that we hear from younger fans is the game, there's not a lot of action. The three true outcomes, right? Strikeout, base hit, or a walk. And there's not much in between. But what has come with that is the way that we've taught hitting, the, 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 the launch angle. Like It's hard to get five or six runs out by getting seven or eight hits. So let's, you know, you guys watch as many games as I do. And your team's in a one-run game in the seventh inning. I lead off double. I can't get the guy over to third. You get a pop-up, a strikeout. 
the game has changed, and we're trying to figure out ways how to put the ball in play more. Listen, the pitching isn't any better right now than it was 10 years ago or 20. The guys are bigger, the guys are faster, the guys are stronger, but we're blowing through them left and right, too. And this epidemic of Tommy John's, it's not going away. And I think we all get caught in what we remember. We remember how cool the bullpenning thing worked in the month of September for the Brewers. And so we think that's the way to go. But I'm going to tell you, I want to see it to believe it. If the Brewers can pull that off two years in a row with two starting pitchers and they're going to go to this bullpen, I want to see no it two chance. years in a row. No chance. It's just not viable. It yeah. just doesn't work. Danny, we've got, to get, we've got to get back, Bruce, and that we have got to get back to where there's some value in three or four guys in your rotation can give you 200 innings and start pitching some innings and not relying so much on the bullpen. Matt and I really appreciate your time today, Danny. Enjoy the trip to, to uh, Las Vegas. I'll see you there. Um, but since we're going to Vegas, how about putting a bet down on which team gets Bryce Harper? I, w- I want to hear Dan Plesek's bet. Uh, I'm going to go Cubs. I, I just think that, listen, I just think they're quietly going through the back door. I, I don't think the Nats are an option. I'm not sure. I, I, let's put it this way. I feel really confident that it's going to be between the Cubs and the Philadelphia Phillies. Danny, we appreciate it. Have a great trip out there. I'll see you there. Matt and I uh, will be uh, enjoying uh, this week like every other baseball fan. Take care. Thanks for joining us. You got us. it. Okay, thanks, guys. There's an example, Bruce, of the wide range of predictions when it comes to Bryce Harper and the Cubs. They're not in it. They're not in it. I think they're going to get it done. Yeah. I can't tell. They're not in it. I think they're going to be in it. And it's you know crazy. what? You can be right either way until you're wrong. <laughs> so much wisdom from you today. Yes. I like it. I worked on that all week. Uh, Bruce wants to talk about Vegas in another way regarding baseball. And I want to tell you about a moment that says the nerds have done it. You have, we have, I should say, accomplished the all-time goal, I believe. We'll explain uh, both of those things when we come back. Continue the baseball conversation with you right here on Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine will not wake up in Vegas tomorrow, but you will on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I hope I wake up there. <laughs> Many people have not. Uh, yeah, that's that's a place to go out. Right. Yeah, thinking of you, John Entwistle of The Who. <laughs> this hour is brought to you by Mankari Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram on 95th Street in Oak Lawn. Yeah, don't do it. Um, I, and also, the bottom of the hour was brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Chicago Wolves have some great promotional theme nights coming up, including craft beer, arena crawls, esports night, superhero night, and more. And celebrate the Wolves' 25th season with free parking courtesy of Kia. Visit ChicagoWolves.com. Bruce, you're going to the winter meetings, but that's not the only reason Las Vegas is in the news this week. Uh, Steve Stone, our good friend, broadcaster for many, many years for the White Sox, and his friend Lou Weisbach, who is a... Uh, Iconic businessman here, ran the company Halo for many, many years. Just a a, a well-known guy here and well-connected guy. Are both looking to build a stadium, a baseball stadium in Las Vegas and get Major League Baseball moving on either uh, an expansion franchise or an existing franchise to move there in the not-too-distant future. Now, now, this has been talked about at different times, but seems way more viable now than ever for a variety of reasons. Well, and, of course, uh, now Major League Baseball just 10 days ago announced that they have a partnership with MGM Grand, 
and uh, that that's their signature Las Vegas partner going forward. Yeah. And the fact that gambling in all sports is going to be viable and acceptable and a big part of the cultures of cities moving forward. So the acceptability of Las Vegas as a baseball town is certainly going to be there. Uh, and the, Ra- whether, the Raiders are there. The Raiders are there, not, so the NFL is leading the way. Whether or not during the summertime uh, in <laughs> Las Vegas. Uh, Retractable a, roof. A, yeah. A uh, baseball season can be sustained as far as uh, attendance is questionable. I've been out there to see uh, the Cubs when they did a little run through. They've done that a couple times, right? Where they have a couple of games at the end of spring training. Sure. At that little every little ball, March. yeah. Every March, that little ball club out there, a little ball field out there, um, and yeah, I, I think the market clearly can support Vegas. Is is now a very viable uh, Las Vegas land or whatever they call it, not just the downtown. Are you craziness. going there with your friends July Fourth weekend? And uh, partying there and then saying, hey, let's go spend uh, three and a half hours at a ball game Well, because we have our two-day or two-night, two three-day window here in Vegas. Are you really going to put it forth to watch a ball game? You know, you know what I love doing while watching sports, Bruce, is playing poker. You know what some people love doing while doing other stuff is playing slots. You think baseball has a little bit of downtime that's available there where you can, if you're gambling at your seat and think about it, we'll see where this goes. But the way that they gamble on soccer in England and other things in England is betting all the way through the games. And depending on what baseball wants to do and with the MGM grand, you know, all the ideas will be out there. Um, I bet that in in one of his next two at-bats, Javier Baez hits a double. Why can't you place that bet in the second inning and then watch the game with that juice added to your pocket? Are coaches and managers going to be in danger of the moves they make in an atmosphere of uh, 40,000 people gambling on every pitch? Why, yes. But if everybody's gambling on everything in all different directions and you're watching it with the uh, the overlords of Vegas, theoretically, you're going to stay away from it, it's any a, foul it's play. A, it's intriguing to even think about. But uh, nonetheless, there there could be a future there. And uh, Steve has talked many times about getting groups together to uh, buy teams, being involved. He's a tremendously bright and talented guy. And, uh, you know, who knows? Um I mean, Vegas is, is, is more viable than ever. And if Stoney, who's got those, those obviously those Southwest roots with his Arizona home, just uh, head right over there. Well, one Vegas. of these days, the White Sox are going to be for sale. <laughs> That's true. One of these days. One, one of these years. One of these days, Jerry decides to do it. Uh, Tampa's already got a team. Yeah, but you know? uh, Vegas doesn't. Speaking of Tampa, where they almost went, this week is a, marked a milestone for for brainiacs uh for nerds and i don't say that with any disparagement whatsoever if you're somebody who grew up playing stratomatic or you played dynasty baseball or pursue the pennant or video games and you never really played higher than say t-ball you could one day wear a uniform on a bench the tampa rays hired a uh a coach They hired a coach, and his name is Jonathan Ehrlichman. He has been in the front office for a while. He's 28 years old. He is the Major League's first, quote, process and analytics coach. 
He has been the director of analytics in the Tampa Rays front office for a year or so, or the last two. He's 28 years old. He has a mathematics degree from Princeton. He has never played baseball higher than T-ball as a kid. And he will now Perfectly wear... Perfectly qualified to wear a uniform. He will wear a uniform every day. He has been um, a very much a part of things. The manager, Kevin Cash, is... Complete in complete approval with this. Kevin Cash is praised in the piece here that I'm reading by Mark Topkin in Tampa Bay as having no ego when it comes to where are the best ideas coming from, which is the way that a lot of front offices want to be run. And now you're going to have this guy in uniform helping explain and translate analytics and process to players and other coaches directly. Do you realize how quickly moves have to be made during a baseball game? Mm-hmm. That's why he's going to be down there. Instead of so, being so up, what, why upstairs. do you need why do you need the manager? Well, no, you do need the manager. Why? But, but you, the you, manager, you have the input from upstairs of what should be done at a given moment. Well, now. we've progressed from Tony Larusa and Dave Duncan using binders, right? Right. And that was like, oh, hey, look at that. That's interesting. They've got things in a binder. To now having guys at the end of the bench. Did you see Joey Cora or sorry, Alex Cora before every big pitching move in the World Series looking way down to the right? In his dugout, as somebody was translating what the front office wanted right. him to know before he made his call. So now Good. It, you, you got a guy directly here. Um, and it's it's just fascinating. I, I think all the information uh, disseminated properly is good. Yep. If it's going to be uh, taking away from my concentration of my manager on what's going on on the field and what his gut is as to what's happening – I have a problem with that. I, I understand that, but I, I think this is the right way to integrate it if a manager is willing. Instead of going to the uh, the iPad or the binder or instead of listening to some jamoke in a suit that he doesn't respect, he's picked a guy. Uh, he's part of the process. The manager is and saying, I respect this guy and he understands yeah, it. No, so come on over. Let's talk any, about it. People don't have any choice but to accept it. <laughs> they, Managers do right, not. That is true. And when, Davey, uh, when, when Dave Roberts... Uh, took out his uh, starting pitcher, Rich Hill, the 2017 World Series in the fourth inning. Uh, that was a metrics uh, move, okay? wasn't a Dave Roberts move, yet he had, ended up having to wear it, okay? Or in the 2018 World Series with Rich Hill after six. Yeah, well, right? same. But, I yeah. mean, um, it was like dealing both times, and it's like, no— you know, you know, second or third time around, we don't want you anymore. You know, it's interesting. You're right. He has to wear it, and yet the organization knows where the idea came from and perhaps whose mandate things were. They just gave him a big old extension. Let's go to Ron. Uh, he's been waiting patiently on the south side. Ron, uh, your thoughts on uh, the Sox and Bryce Harper? Yeah, you know, guys, good, good morning. Great show as you just to sit back and join. You know, I, I just don't see um, the, the, the White Sox appealing to him. Not at this point in a rebuild. I just think that this guy's ready to play on a bigger stage. Uh, and, and, and even like Plezak said, you talk about prospects. Yeah, they have some prospects, but we don't know how they're going to turn out, um, Bruce and uh, Matt. So I, I'm looking at maybe a pitcher, but I just want to, to say that. I don't know about Bucano, but I just don't think that you're going to be. And Bruce, lastly, I agree with you 
Oh, uh, you. Hey, hey, Ron, we got to roll. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's going to uh, talk uh, about Abreu uh, and the fact that uh, yeah. should have been moved earlier. Uh, th- think about Harper. It, you've got to sell him on huge money up front, and you've got to sell him on, hey, you can be the crosstown rival I, I, for your for your, your buddy Chris Bryant. Yeah, I disagree. I think the exception is here that he's going to want 40 across the board. You know, that's it. Well, then maybe you offer 45 Yeah, right. for each year hey, up front. Uh, Matt, uh, always fun as usual. I'll be at the winter meetings covering for the score be listening to me uh, on all the shows during the week follow me on twitter mlb bruce levine on our website sixseveringthescore.com white Sox cubs writing every day this segment was brought to you by new cities dick's sporting goods discover new city and experience an exciting mix of shopping dining and entertainment right in the heart of lincoln park at Clybourne avenue and halstead street parking is available or take the red line to north and Clybourne. for more information visit experiencenewcity.com and get your truly free credit score and free credit monitoring from credit karma download the credit karma app today credit karma get knowing thanks to eli hershkovich for doing a great job thanks to dan plesak thanks to you the listeners the texters the callers bruce safe travels to vegas thank you i'll bring back a harper for one of the chicago teams get How's that, that done get that I done. Hope it's bryce harper well you know either one valerie uh derek maybe harper's bizarre we'll see we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 